Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equip You Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with us is a returning guest, uh, Dr. Ed Welch. We haven't had you on uh, since uh, 2018 with your book, A Small Book About a Big Problem, Meditations on Anger, Patience, and Peace. I know you've written quite a few other books there, brother. Can you uh, just uh, uh, catch us up on what's happening, what's been happening briefly in your life, marriage, ministry, and Uh, any ministry projects you're working on? Sure, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a much older guest. It's been a while, so it's good to be with you. Uh, Not too much has changed, just good things overall. I continue to have an enviable job. My job is as a counselor at a place called CCEF is, is essentially knowing people and and especially the struggles that humanity has and asking the question, what is it that God says in his word through the person of Christ to these particular struggles? Who could have a better job description to have that as my uh, my avocation and, and my vocation? So I continue to do that. I've been married to my wife for 43 years, I think. And yeah, 43 years this year. And we enjoy each other and we enjoy our family. We have two girls and and two son-in-laws and eight grandchildren, and and they are a they are a fine little tribe that we enjoy. Still involved as an active elder in my church, and loving the folks there. Um, other than that, projects just finished something on depression that, that I enjoy doing, and I'm setting off for something on humility. And I told my wife that in three or four months to expect a change in me, I would become a more humble man. So. So I, I gave her a deadline. We'll see if that we'll see if that helps. Oh, that's funny. That's funny, Ed. I actually didn't know you were. I didn't know that you were an elder in the local church. So that's that's wonderful. That's that's really awesome, brother. Yeah, I've, I've been. A, I became an elder too young. I was probably twenty five years twenty five. I guess twenty five or twenty six when I became an elder. But it was a the church I was involved in at the time was a, was a very young church. So I was not. I was not among the youngest there. But I've been gracious. I've been grateful to be part of two churches as an elder, church then church plant uh, from that particular church. Um, it's um, yeah, it's been been a pleasure and a, a burden that that I have I've appreciated. That's wonderful, brother. That's wonderful. Well, can you uh, tell us about this book? Someone I know is grieving, caring with humility and compassion. Uh, please tell us why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received or is being received. The yeah, the, the pretty simple reason why I wrote it. I I have said things that have been unhelpful for other people. I'm a counselor; it's my job, and I I should be speak words that are good. But there are no question. There have been times where I've spoken things that were unhelpful, and I think there was one particular time where a good friend more or less confronted me about my unhelpful words or my lack of words. And I think that was a turning point that that got me thinking really many years ago about my own heart and how can I become more skillful and, and helpful words. So certainly I have have said words that have been unhelpful to grieving people, and I want to grow in saying words that are helpful. Also, as a counselor, I have heard people say in passing so many times 
words that have been unhelpful for them, words that have been damaging to them, um, by well-intentioned people sometimes, words that have words that they've sort of covered the offense in the sense that where they don't hold it against someone, but but after hearing those words, they more or less made a decision. It's not safe for me to speak about these things to anybody else. So they they keep they keep their struggles to themselves. So those are those are some of the very common problems that we we see in ourselves and in the church around us that have inspired me trying to dig deeper into into these things. Yeah, me too. I, I have definitely been, um, you know, raising my hand here as well. Uh, guilty of, you know, meaning to say good things, even purposing to say good things. But then, you know, we have miscommunication and uh, need to clarify in, in what we mean and um, even saying things in a in a way that later I have to repent of. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. or, or my wife's like, you know, you shouldn't have said that, <laughs> you know, God, God bless my wife, you know, our wives, yeah. you know, they, they have a, they have a tough job with us sometimes. And, and for uh, those of us who are married, I think that's a good way for us to try to locate where we can grow in these things. What What is most local to us? Yeah. Dave, I appreciate your, your response where it really is. This is for all of us. All of us have most likely said unhelpful words. And so to identify them today and, and and aspire to move away from them. That's that's a great place for us. Um, if we don't immediately find a recent history of unhelpful words, we can at least all agree. I want to grow in wisdom here. I want to say words that are more apt. I, I often think of the passage in Proverbs that that uh, the wise words are apt words are like. But apples of gold in a setting of silver. That's that's what we're aiming for. And and the spirit himself, uh, will, if the spirit himself is giving us this particular challenge, then he will do it in us. So this is for all of us. There's no question. Yeah, that's really good. You know, um, we've we a lot of people have experienced a lot of pain, a lot of grief. You know, especially you know with COVID and and even we don't want to just assign COVID to you know the the loss of people, but uh, and and other things. But how can we help those dealing with grief, especially in light of those grieving the loss of a family member or friend from COVID or other situations during the Christmas season? Yeah, I was going to say the the. The Christmas season in particular accentuates, I think, the struggles and the grief that people can have because the expectation is that there should be all kinds of merriment. And we feel, I think, even more sort of separated from from the world around us during this particular season. So, so I, you know, I'll begin slow, I, I think, even from my own heart. Do I want to grow in speaking good and apt words to other people? We know at least that there are people around us right now who are grieving. Uh, we we know because so many people are. Some we we have people in front of us. We might not even know they're grieving, and they are. We have other people in front of us, and we know they're grieving. So so we can at least set off with this is not something that comes naturally. It's wisdom. I think we're that's what we're talking about. Wisdom is something that grows, and and and. Wisdom is something that we, in a sense, we fight for. 
there's this beautiful thing that the Lord puts out in front of us, and and how can we beseech the Lord for more? So really, that's where we begin. Lord, I want to grow in this. I want to grow. And, and Dave, in some ways, if that's sort of the one thing you and I take from this, I think that's that's immensely helpful. Because if I want to grow, there is an inbred humility in that. Uh, and and that's, I think, essential if we're going to grow. We listen to somebody rather than assume we have all the answers for a person, rather, rather than assuming that whatever we say, it's going to be the perfect thing for them. So for us to say, no, I, Lord, Jesus, help me. I want to speak words that are helpful. Uh, and, and maybe from that starting point, it can take us back to a spouse or a friend or a child and, and say, by the way, when you came home the other day, this is what I said. I, I'm wondering, that, as I think about it now, it doesn't seem like it was a very helpful, sympathetic, caring, loving comment. Could you, t- could you tell me about that? How did it sound to you? How could I have done better in a situation like that? That's... You know, you, you see some of the possibilities for us as as we simply have that starting point. Jesus, help! I want to grow in these things. There's a, there's a lot there that you that you just said because it's not a like what what I heard you say is it's not a like a catch all like there's just one way to 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 navigate and and to deal with these things. There's a whole plethora of of different ways, including you know obviously listening and empathizing. Obviously that would be critical, but not just taking like a cookie cutter approach because you know people have a myriad of different um, you know situations that they're they're dealing with and. Uh, we have to address not just the the situation, but the whole person, you know, with the gospel, with the with the hope of Christ. So, yeah, the you know the the where we're navigating is is this wisdom that we would like is not necessarily a script where you memorize it before you know the person. That would be inconsistent with love. It's it, what we want to do is grow in in wisdom that is is wise love. Um, and and wise love doesn't decide what we're going to do before we see the person. So so there are challenges to it. But at the same time, wisdom is available to every single one of us. It's available to a child. It's something that the Lord delights to give us. So at the same time, we can't anticipate that as we as, as we are needy before Jesus, grant us the compassion of Christ, grant us the the humility even the humility of Christ himself, um, grant us those in such a way that we can love with words effectively when people are grieving. So, so it's possible. There's no question. It's We expect that we are going to grow. Now, you, Dave, I don't want to jump into some other things, but you were asking about some specifics. What are specifics that we shouldn't be doing and what are specifics that we want to be, want to be aiming for? Is that what do you want me to say if you think yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, okay. yes, please, please. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 um, I didn't want to run out in front of you, but, but, um, yeah. Let's start thinking specifically. What are things that that we have done that I have done that have been unhelpful? I, I think the the first thing that comes to mind is is somebody will share something difficult in their lives, and and I will launch into some kind of advice. Well, you could try this, or this is what has helped me, um, or or here's a here's a word that will give it away. 
anytime you say the word just, anytime you say the word just, you know you've said something unhelpful. Just pray. Just read your Bible. Now, what's on the far side of just, they might be good things, but they are not going to be those apt words, those those apples of gold in, in setting of silver. You're taking this complex misery and you are giving a simplistic answer to it. When scripture itself doesn't give an answer to it, scripture's answer is, is the compassion of Christ for those who are going through misery and, and the endurance that he gives his people through the spirit in the midst of their misery. He doesn't, suffering is not a riddle that we have to somehow crack. So, so I think advice is, is characteristic of the vast majority of men. And women do it more often than they realize. Uh, have you tried juicing? Have you, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Um, uh, now, advice, when it's requested, is, is something we can offer. And if somebody's asking for advice in something, uh, pr- probably the best way to, to proceed there is, well, what have you done? What have you tried so far? What has been helpful and what hasn't been helpful? Which is another way of saying that I, I respect who you are and the things that you've already brought to this, what has been helpful. But rarely are people asking for advice in the midst of things that are difficult. A person who is giving advice is, is when, the person, when the person who is grieving wants somebody to come alongside of them, the person giving advice is assuming the role of a teacher sort of a very different category than the category of a friend. Essentially, when you give advice, you're, you're separating yourself from, from another person and, and sort of moving above them. I have the answers and I will, I will dispense the answers to you. There's no question that all of us have these instincts to give advice. Some of them are well-intentioned and because we, we want to spare the person some of their suffering. Um, but for the most part, they are almost, almost always foolish. So that's that's probably the first thing I think of when, when I think of what are the things that are foolish and we shouldn't do. Giving advice, saying the word just, uh, comparing, comparing the person's grief to someone else's. I think this is an important one because we can do this ourselves as a way to deal with our own grief. Um, if we've, we had a loss, sometimes we can try to find comfort by by thinking, well, look at the person down the street. Their, their losses have been double my own. Their, their losses have been more severe than my own. So what am I complaining about? That's that's characteristic way we can try to, to care for ourselves. The, the I think there, there, there are various problems with that. One is that that one of the one of the most important things that we do in the midst of our grief. I'm thinking of Psalm 62, 8 here. We cry out to the Lord. Uh, you know, cry out from your heart to the Lord. This is this is sort of relationship 101 with Jesus. Uh, it's relationship 101 with everybody. When we, when there's misery in our own hearts, we speak it to the person who is close to us or the people who are close to us. If we are minimizing our own suffering. What are we saying? Uh, this is no big deal. Jesus himself is more important. I mean, he's he's thinking about more important things. There are bigger issues for him. I'm not going to bother him with my own suffering, which is exactly the opposite of what Scripture says. So if we ourselves are 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 ever suggesting 
it could be worse. It could be worse. If we've ever done that, go back and confess your sin to that particular person today because it it has been it has been harmful to their own hearts. You've been minimizing their suffering and you've been robbing them of an opportunity to to ask for help and prayer from the body of Christ. You rob them from an opportunity of calling out to the Lord in the midst of their own miseries. So that's just a I'm just that's just a short list. You know, the, the list I'm sure of the things not to say, David, there it's a long one. And the longer the longer our list is, the better. Because <laughs> we're it means we're thinking about it and we're oh, I'm on this. I'm I'm gonna go after it. And here are some of the things that I've heard, here are some of the things that I've said. But anyway, that's just just a short list of of things that are fairly common that we can use and say to other people. Well intended, but but harmful all the same. No, I think that, that that's a really good and helpful answer. Um and and because, you know, we want to be that safe and trustworthy person that somebody can come and, and open up to and, and share, you know, with, you know, we're, we're called in Galatians 6.1, for example, you mentioned Psalm 62, but in Galatians 6.1, as we know, we're told to bear each other's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So we're supposed to be doing this kind of thing. We're supposed to be something. We're supposed to you know, love the Lord because obviously we're united to Christ. If we're in him, we're in the Lord. We were to love him and the love of God, Paul says in Romans 5, has been shed abroad in our hearts. So we have the spirit. The spirit is working these things into our into our lives. And so that's the kind of person that we should be becoming. We should be becoming that safe and trustworthy person that that, that, that is able to walk alongside and to bear one another's burdens and thus fill the law of Christ, which is we know the great commandment. So what you, yeah, what you've just done is 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 you've turned us away to a different image. Instead of being the advisor, the teacher, the instructor for someone, instead of being the, the person who solves the riddle of suffering, here's the answer, here's the one answer. Instead of that, you are saying, let's move, let's move this way. And it, you said a number of things that are very important. I want to be a person who is safe and trustworthy. Well, do we? <laughs> um, okay, yes. Okay, now that I've thought of it, this is what I want to do. I want to be a person who is safe. Uh, and and perhaps another way to think about it, this is borrowing a phrase from a friend of mine. We're inviting a person to, to offer the fine china of their life, the things that are most fragile in their hearts. And to do that, we want to say, we will hold this and treasure it, and we will be very, very careful with it. So so you know, to have that image in our mind is, is one that will lead us into wisdom. There's no question. I think another another part of what you just said is to bear to bear burdens means that that I want to enter in and I want to know something of what that burden is like for the other person. So if 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 the other person is willing to say that they feel like they are suffocating sometimes, they feel like they're living life underwater, for for us to for us to instead of saying, oh yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, I've I've felt something like that before, which is inevitably unhelpful. You're changing the topic. You're moving it to you rather than the person who was speaking. Just something like, 
Could you tell me more about that? What you're saying is so important, and I really appreciate you willing to speak about those things. What what has it been like? When are the when are the times of the day that have been the hardest? What's that been like? And when are the times of the day where it might have released just just a moment where you were able to come up for air? See, bearing burdens means that we want to come toward them with compassion. Um, and loving compassion, it is, it is, it wants to get the details if possible. <laughs> Tell me, please, what is it like? And and that's the way we 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 begin to shoulder burdens along with another person. Um, uh, I, I love I love that ahead, because I I love that only not to interrupt you, but I, I love that no, because. Not- um, you know, when you when you talk to a seasoned pastor and you sit down with them, that that's what you get. You you they in, they invite you in, you know, to to explore, you know, your pain and what what the Lord is doing in the midst of that. And I personally find that very um, I've found that very helpful in my, in my own life because it, it really gets to the issue. It, it doesn't just say, okay, well, th- there's the issue and let's just pray about it. But why do you, why do you, like you're saying, why do you feel that way? Um, let, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's enter into and, and find out a little bit more about that rather than just, you know, let, let's pray about it. You know, you, you talk about it and then, you know, it's 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 still there that the pain and the hurt is still there. So I think there's a there's a lot of real um, help for, you know, biblical counselors, pastors, youth leaders and just your average Christian. You know, they're, they're sitting across from somebody at the table and they're having that conversation. Um, why not just ask, hey, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like you said, um, what's what's really happening there can can we can we like you're saying have that be that intention intentional and intent use intentionality and purposefulness and enter into with them that that situation and and ask those kind of questions i think that's there's a lot of there's a lot there that that can just help the average christian there is yeah what we're hoping to to do even here is is let's 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 go into this and hear what Scripture says, and and think about grieving people and what we said and what we haven't. Um, uh, so we want to we want to dive in, but we'd also like to have those those sort of sort of places we can grab onto, and that's what you just offered a second ago. Simply saying, "I'm so sorry." What's that? It's it, it's bearing a burden. It's it's saying I, I understand something just something of what it's like for you. And, and and the nature of love, especially compassionate love, is you can sort of feel it in your bones. It's, I really love you. And when you really love someone, you share in their pleasures and you share in their pains. So to be able to say, oh, I am so sorry. And almost, almost in the sense of, you know, just just clutching your stomach as if you you viscerally feel it along with them. Um, another another way to express what you were just talking about is is thank you so much for being willing to share these things with your heart. Um, thank you. What is it? It's we are honored to have received some of that fine china. It's a gift to us to, in some ways, bear the burden along with them. Uh, and and I'm not quite answering your question, but let me just go one other place. Uh, 
uh, you see the difference, a couple other places, you see the difference between, okay, well, this is really hard. Have you prayed? Well, just pray, just pray. Uh, well, that's, yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but but for someone to come along and, and say, tell me more, help me. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, tell me a little bit more. How should we pray? Could you give me one way that we can pray? Um, um, could I pray for you now? That's that's something very different that that brings people together rather than separates them. And and I, I guess that's why are we even talking about this? Well, we the nature of love is we want to build up one another. Uh, and the, the amazing thing is that the Spirit of God chooses to use us to do those things. The Spirit of God could could offer this kind of encouragement on his own directly without without using us. But he almost inevitably uses his people to to build up. That's that's why we're interested in this, because this is this is part of our job description. This is part of our partnering with with King Jesus in his in his kingdom. He we're not just you know, we're, you know, we're not just uh, people who who um, who watch him. We're we work alongside of him. We work with him. So, so that's that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to build up in the name of Christ. And as we do, what what happens? The body of Christ becomes knitted together just a little bit more. That's what it, what's what are we doing? Again, we're trying to to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in our own little tiny way. And building up someone is part of that crying out together in our grief, knowing that our God hears is part of it, and and joining together as one, rather than allowing the person who's suffering to go through it alone for us to be a body of Christ who surrounds that person, or even if it's just us who is surrounding that person. That's, that's just plain good. It's the way that God created us to be and the way that we will be um, as we continue to grow in Christ. That's really good. You know, I think one of the things that maybe we don't talk enough about and, and write enough about about grief is how do we how do we help those who may be unaware they're dealing with grief? But Dave, say a little bit more about that. I, I, I think about the people who are unaware I'm not quite sure how to help them. So maybe you might want to give an illustration of that. I I do think there are plenty of people who 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 are going through grief but don't have words for it, um, and perhaps don't feel authorized to be able to to speak it. And so the question there is how can we how can we have an invitation to to uh, to each other for us to be able to speak those particular words. And part of that might be uh, where we ourselves are willing to do that. In, when there are grievous things on our own hearts, to, to ask one other person to pray for you and give them perhaps one way to pray. When in doubt, if we have no idea what to pray, we can we can pray some of the, the words in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Could you pray that this God of, of generous comfort would you pray that his comfort comfort would reach my own soul? That's one way to actually invite someone. Uh, we create. This is the culture of the kingdom of heaven. This is these are the kinds of things we speak of. We can we can perhaps read a psalm together. Uh, 
in so many of the Psalms, I'm thinking of Psalm 130 right now, it begins with, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. It begins with this cry of desperation. And even though the Lord knows our hearts perfectly, he He profoundly values us finding words, searching for words to be able to speak to him. So, so you know, what are, what are we saying? We're saying that that sometimes grief is so severe, it's as if there are no words we have. And in that case, what might we do? You know, you know, we might say something like this, I've been thinking about you. And, and you know, I, I was wondering, here's a psalm that I read, the psalm of lament. Does this, does this capture something of what, what it's been like for you? Uh, and, and to read portions of that psalm, what is it? It's, it's inviting the person who, who doesn't quite have words. It's giving them words to speak and inviting them to speak them. Uh, but it also is, is speaking to the person that you just identified, the person who perhaps doesn't even know they're grieving because it, it, perhaps it just feels like they're sick you know, because it, it, it just feels so physical, uh, and and sometimes reading a psalm of lament would would help. The, oh, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, feel, I do experience that, <laughs> and that's true. That's that is me. Those are words that, yeah, that's that's what my body feels like. In fact, that's what even my soul feels like. Go, go ahead. What, you, what were you thinking? I'm, I'm riffing a bit on uh, yeah. on your on your on your, on your question and expanding it but you had a particular specific question in mind there go ahead no i think that's i think that's good i i, I think also um another thing to just to ask i guess is you know there's there's people that you know get numb you know emotionally numb and just you know life has a way of just you know rubbing us raw you know emotionally and and even mentally and and i guess when when like I'll use it myself as an example. You know, both of my parents have are, are declining and with their memory issues, and you know, sometimes I don't even realize that that those things. Although you know, the Lord has help, continues to help me with those things, um, and and I've come to a place of acceptance, and you know, and 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 a much better place dealing with that uh, since it's it's been now almost a decade. Um, Sometimes you know those those emotions, those things, they just rub us raw, and they can make us really numb. And so we might not even recognize, in the midst of of life, that um, under, underneath the surface, there's there's some um, there's some issues, there's some real things happening there, you know. And we just so we might just be unaware of the we're aware of the reality but we're unaware of what's what's happening and so 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 because we don't necessarily maybe stop to think about it yeah. i know i know when i will when i when i realize that and then i take some time to 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 think about what's happening then i then i can identify it in my life but there's a lot of people for a lot of people i think that that may not have some of the training that i do and of course the experience that you have they they may not be able to do that. So how I guess when I'm asking this question, I, I even asked. I, I was asking one of our one of our one of my pastors at church because he used to do, um, uh, you know, grieving grieving. He used to have this grief group. And I said, what kind of questions do you think that I should ask, um, Doctor Welsh? 
he's familiar with your with your writing and work and he's like i think this question would be good and i was like wow that's that's such a good question because i think that there's just people that are numb and they're in these grief groups and they may not know how to identify and be able to process their feelings so i i, I just want to mm-hmm. say like in addition to what you yep. you just said you know which is really really helpful what what are your other thoughts about that yeah yeah that's helpful uh, let, let me let me take that word numb because that's something pe- people who are going through grief could could certainly experience. Um, let's let's go into it this way: uh, that life before God is a little bit different than what we might expect. Um, one of the questions that He asks you, and by the way, I, why do I think He asks this? When you go through the Psalms, let's assume that the Psalms do lots of different things. They teach us how to worship. But they're teaching us how to how we talk. They're teaching us how we talk in, in 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 our relationship with the Lord. How do we talk to Him about the things in our hearts? And behind the Psalms, so often is a question where the Lord asks us, "Speak to me about the things that are most important to you." You can you can speak about your joys, but speak about your fears. Speak about those things that are so hard you feel like the water is coming up to your neck and you're just about ready to die. Speak about those things. Speak about speak about how your body feels like it is melting uh, and can't take another step because of the weight that is on it. So, so that, I think that's, that's the first way in, that we live in a very different place with our God. And he asks the question, tell me those things that are especially hard in your life. That's... The people who are, are, are reluctant to do that are people who don't know that that's what you do in relationships because nobody's ever done it with them. Nobody's ever asked them that particular question. In fact, they they might have done the exact opposite. If they spoke about the things that were hard, they, they were ignored or stopped complaining. Well, that is not the way things work in God's house. When you feel numb, he comes to you and he says, please speak about those things that are on your heart. I have, I have all the time in the world, um, and and I, I I know what's on your heart, but please speak it. Sometimes we think that that it's we're just complaining and we have no right to. Sometimes we've simply never had a relationship where we could do it, and so we've kept it to ourselves. We've thought that's what you do. Sometimes I think we're we're we don't have words, and we're we're. We are willing to be numb or try to numb ourselves when we when we think that if we go into it, if we if we find a word for the grief, the grief will utterly swallow us up and we'll never, we'll never get away from it. So in other words, there are there are reasons why we can be numb and 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 try to, to stay away from the things that are hard. Well, if this is the if what we're talking about, Dave, are the way that God does things, then we know that it's a path of life rather than death. So, what do we do in response to God's words? We try to find words, and if we don't have words, we start going through some of the Psalms and we we circle a word that say, "Yeah, that's I that that sort of makes sense. yeah, that's me, that's me." Then we circle another word and circle another word. And then we say some, do something that is even harder. We, we speak those words to the Lord. 
We don't just know them. We don't just simply say, yes, we give assent to them. These are things I experience. But the hard part is now you say, okay, Lord, this is what it's like. Now that you've asked, this is what it's like. That's that's the beginning uh, of of a process that we want to grow in for the rest of our lives. But that beginning is a really hard one <laughs> to, to find the words and be persuaded that, that God himself wants us to speak those words to him. Once we've, once we've gotten through those two steps, sort of the, the vistas begin to open up and we can become increasingly skillful. And we can take a Psalm that had a word that captured something of our hearts and then we can follow where the psalmist goes with that word, because <laughs> inevitably the psalms go to places of rest. They don't leave us in the misery. They go to these places of rest. Then they come back to the misery again, and they 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 point us to a place of rest. So that's yeah. You know, I, so I appreciate the pastor's question. It's a, it's an important one, um, and, and I think that's I think that's uh, some of how. How scripture responds, how the Lord Himself responds to a numb person. Yeah, that's really good. And and like you're talking about when when you when you when this comes out and you identify it with the with that word and or you you you're praying about it and and uh, you start to feel relief. It's okay to cry. You know, it's it's okay when when I when when i had uh especially during covid i was basically caring for my dad um over the phone when we were living in california he was in you know washington and every every day i was calling him you know he he was stuck he's living in a nursing home at that time and he has a ongoing case of frontal temporal dementia mm. and here i am i'm i'm doing my my job ministry and then i'm 2 hours after all that I'm caring for my dad and it was it was really it was one of the hardest things of my life um in addition to you know updating his pastors and 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 other and other th other people around him and um you know there was a lot of tears <laughs> um and just the realization that you know God God is there I can just pray for him I can encourage him I can you know, read some scripture to him, and you know he's he's he belongs to the Lord. He's saved, and um, you know he just he just needed he needed to know that somebody was there that that he wasn't alone. And uh, you you mentioned you reminded me of something that one of my one of my mentors used to do. He's now with the Lord as well because of COVID. And uh, when I would sit in his office in Idaho at, at his church office. He would he would put his hand on my hand and then we would pray. Oh, um, after we were done, and that's then enough to make you cry. It, yeah, just, just him doing that yeah. exactly. And then he would come around and he would give me a hug. Not now. I'm not saying you know if you're if you're a guy, don't do that with a lady. Obviously, in in the church, don't don't hear me say that. But but if you're a guy and you're a pastor and you have a guy, put your you need and you know you know you have a relationship, of course, appropriate and and use wisdom. But uh, he and I were very close, so he put his hand on me, and he would he would pray for me, and he said, "Can we just have a word of prayer?" And he would just pray, you know, he would pray about what I had shared, and I walked out of there feeling the the Lord the Lord was there, and he was, 
I mean, I knew he was there, but I knew not just like intellectually, I knew that he was there. I, I had a, I had walked out of that office feeling like I was heard and I was cared and I was loved by the Lord and by, by my pastor. And, and there's just something so powerful, um, you know, about that when, when, when we're meeting each other and we're helping each other, we're, we're really helping each other. Like we were talking about bearing each other's burdens and, we we that helps us to be able to, to to face these types of situations and and so I can't I can't just say I can say, you know, from being I I had been numb, and I'd had been in in my life I I have just kind of uh, suppressed things in my life at times, but when you when you work through the issues of life and the pain and the hardship and you have some help doing that of course you need help. And that's okay too. Um, you know, there, there's real there's real help there from God's people, and there's real um, help from from God's grace, and mm-hmm. He He does use us in an amazing way to to help us to 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 stay on the the righteous path. So yeah, you're identifying something important for the person who's grieving, and something important for the helper. For the helper, that that particular pastor, it. A child could do that. A child could could hold your hand, could could put his or her hand on your arm, and pray for you. So it, it's what what we're doing. It it's wisdom, but it, it's it's available to everyone. And what 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 that pastor did was available to all of us. So I appreciated the simplicity of it. And it's in that simplicity that that we're not surprised the spirit tends to work especially powerfully. Um, the you know the other thing you're saying is that especially for men, who wants to who wants to feel pain? Obviously, no one wants to feel pain. And if we can't drink it away or drug it away or or pornography it away or or exercise it away. Um, what do we do? We look for other ways to bury it. We look for ways to distract. Uh, and and in God's house, you know, we're we're saying there's something better. That's it, the only way to live to fuller life is to go through it, to to find words, to speak these words, and sometimes having a friend who will speak those words on our behalf. Sometimes we can't even pray. And, and and somebody we we can ask somebody else to pray those words for us. Um, uh, sometimes going back to your comment about crying, uh, we can be. Who wants to cry? Uh, we're afraid the tears would never stop. That's especially if we haven't cried very often in our lives. We don't have any experience with it. Um, uh, the other is it feels shameful to cry publicly. Um, uh, yes, indeed. There, you know, those are those are things that are always hovering around. There's not a law that we have to cry. You know, Jesus doesn't come to us. You got to do this now. It's, but it's in a, a relationship of freedom, where the one who invites us to speak truly wants us to know what is on our hearts, and and He Himself is already out in front of us with His compassion. His He Himself uh, bears the burden, and in a sense, He cries before us before we do, which I've had that experience with with my children before, where things that were hard, I, it, it struck me more deeply even than it did them, at least initially. So we have a God who certainly gives us the freedom to do that. And 
and uh, we can have our reasons not to. But so what do we do? We well, we at least say, okay, Lord, help, help me. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to try to go through this if this is the way you say to do it. But you better be awfully close, and you never better you better never give up holding my hand on this one, because I I can't do it on my own. That's that's really good. Well, brother, you include questions for reflection and discussion throughout the chapters. How can these questions help the reader to grow in caring for a hurting friend? Oh, I think my insertion of those questions is fairly typical in a lot of books that I find. Um, uh, I find questions at the end of chapters in, in, in a lot of books. What are they doing? They're saying we don't want to just know something; we want to do something. We want to we want to act on these things. And those questions that I intersperse throughout are 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 with that in mind. This is we want to do something today with this. We want to grow in this kind of wisdom today. Uh, so so let's let's pause and reflect. Uh, rather than deal with it like it's a class where we're going to get graded on the content at the end of the book, uh, but but it hasn't quite gone through our lives. So so I think what I'm doing there is is no different than than uh, what other people who write books try to do. And to go back to the Psalms, it's sila. You know, whatever that word sila means, it does seem to be suggesting. Hold on, don't don't go so fast through this. Okay, stop and consider this, and reflect, and meditate, and argue with it. Uh, you know, fight back. Uh, it's just you know, pause for a moment and consider these things. That's really good. How how does humility change the way we approach the why of suffering? Humility is willing to listen. It humility is. Is it understands that that if Scripture doesn't give the answers for the problem of suffering, then then we're not going to be able to find the answers. You know, the the humility I think understands that that suffering in Scripture again it's not it's not some sort of theological conundrum to to discern. It's it's just plain desperation uh, where we need the right person to depend on it's it's how do we grow in in our confidence and our trust in the god who is over all things even this suffering and he will make things right uh, and the god who is over all things and in love comes close to us and is with us in the midst of it humility is is willing to let go of a need for an answer humility is willing to let go of a need to look smart before somebody else say something that that is yeah that's just the right thing the perfect thing that's going to solve everything for them. Humility is willing to give those things up, and oftentimes say, oh, "This is this is such a burden, and I I I don't know what to do. <laughs> all I do all, all I know is where where we can turn in the midst of it. That's that's part of the benefit of growing in humility, and humility is." is embedded in wisdom. It's the nature of wisdom. Uh, it's, it's walking humbly before the Lord. So that's, as we walk humbly before the Lord, it will bless other people who are grieving. Yeah, that's, that's really, really a good answer, brother. Well, where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise? I don't do much social media. I guess I'm lazy or something. I don't know. I don't think I do any social media, but the, the, the organization I work with is CCEF. And CCEF has a website, and 
and some of my articles and blogs, most of my articles and blogs appear there along with literally thousands of of articles and helpful blogs from from my colleagues presently and and over the years. So CCF is where where I probably am represented on the internet. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm, I send emails to people. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fairly low tech. Yeah, that that's okay. That's all right. You know, there's a there's a lot that we could talk about about this topic, and as I always say, we've only scratched the surface. Um, can you just give us a few takeaways as we uh, end this conversation, brother? Mm-hmm. If uh, somebody's giving me a few takeaways, I'll probably only end up with one. So let me see if I can aim for one. Um, maybe it will be a run-on sentence that 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 the Lord has chosen us as sort of weak people can feel fairly inadequate and and stumbling with our words, especially in the midst of hoping to comfort someone, that the Spirit of God has chosen to use us uh, to do his purposes, to do his work of comfort and, and encouragement. Um, so if it's his calling, it's his job to do it. <laughs> it's his job to do it in us, and we can trust him that he will. Yeah, that that was really good, brother. Um, guys, uh, we've been talking today with my friend and our brother in Christ, Ed Welsh, about his book, Someone I Know is Grieving, Caring with Humility and Compassion. It's part of the Ask Christian Counselor series that is really good. It's really helpful. If you're watching the, the video, here it is. Here's the book. Uh, Dr. Welsh, thank you so much, brother, for your time and for your ministry, for all that you do, for God's glory, for the local church, and and for uh, the, through your writing and articles. Uh, you're, you're a blessing, brother, so thank you. Thanks. I appreciate being able to think about these things with you, Dave. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.